Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There once was a woman, a host with the most, with plenty of Coca-Cola for a holiday toast. She headed out to share a Coke with friends in town, but outside the door was a gift on the ground. So she reached inside and read the letter. Have a Coke, old friend, because together tastes better. This season, say thank you to family, friends, or neighbors by sharing an ice-cold Coke. Because sharing brings us together, and we know together tastes better. Pick up a Coke at your nearest Dutch's shops and share it today. I'm Allie J. And I'm Crystal O. And welcome to Not Your Token Black Girl, where we recover from spreading black girl magic wherever we go. From careers and cocktails to men and mental health, we're breaking it all down on what it means to wear the token crown. So if you've ever said, I'm not your token, fill in the blank, then this podcast is for you. A fun and witty show that's a little bit shady, but 100% true. It's Saturday brunch combo with the girls in a quick 20 minutes. Now let's get started. On today's episode of Not Your Token Black Girl, Dr. Erica Sutherland is back to give us the inside scoop on HBCU homecomings, the history of them, why they're so important, and the various traditions that are held dear to alums and HBCU fans all over the world. So we have Erica Sutherland back with us. She previously came on to school us on the HBCU versus PWI experience, and now she's back to school us on the pomp and circumstance around, is it pomp and circumstance? Yeah, that sounds real right to me. That sounds right. Yeah. I mean, I use that for graduation, but it still means like a celebration. So yeah, a celebration and the historical importance of HBCU homecomings. Of course, she's here repping Hampton. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Miss Mrs. Sutherland, break it all down to us. We didn't go to an HBCU. Why is it so important? Why is all the hype? Talk to us about all of it. As an HBCU alumna, I will say homecoming really is, I mean, I'm really not even joking. It's a spiritual experience. It's, it's so refreshing to your soul. It's, it's like a family reunion with the family that you've chosen. Um, and so I think that that is in essence what makes the HBCU homecoming so special it is the closest thing to Wakanda that we have in, <laughs> in real life. I mean, because think about it. You have, you know, a large number of, of educated, enthusiastic, black, beautiful Black people who are there to have a good time, but who also are doing amazing things in life. And even if they're, you know, going through a time where things aren't as amazing, guess what? You have an entire village of people to support you through that. So it's just really such a, a soul-refreshing experience. And that's what really makes the magic of an HBC homecoming. So let me ask you this. Obviously, different HBCUs have, I'm assuming, different traditions. What are kind of some staples that 
regardless if you go to Hampton, Howard, Morehouse, wherever, that these are Black traditions that you're going to see at HBCU homecomings. Okay. Well, I would say the, the number one tradition, which is actually not unique to HBCUs, is sports. Um, the majority of schools have, if they have a football team, homecoming is in the fall, there's a big football game that is um, often the center of the, the weekend or the week. Um, other schools who do not have a football team, um, they host homecoming in the spring surrounding a basketball game. But either way, there's a big sporting event. Sometimes it's against a big rival school. Sometimes, I know, speaking of Hampton homecomings in the past few years, we moved to a different conference um, that is not an HBCU conference. And sometimes we literally don't even know who we're playing, but <laughs> it'll still be packed and people are still having an amazing time. So I think that the sports event is, is one key thing that you will see throughout. Also, the um, I, I think something that I'm trying to think of things that are unifying across schools, parties, concerts. The band. Com camaraderie. Yes, yeah, so I was trying to think of things that are unique, though, because not yeah. all schools have a band. Um, I, I think wondered that, if that was, I, like, huge across all, yes. all the HBCUs. It is for me. Southern thing. Yes, it is for me. I was absolutely in the band all four years at Hampton in, in the marching force. So Saxophone. I play trombone. Hey. Awesome. Oh, uh, my, my husband uh, was a drummer on the drum line. So it, a band is a huge part of homecoming for us. Um, and it is for a lot of people. A lot of people at HBCUs, you know, it's kind of a running joke that people don't even care about the football game. They just want to see the band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, but I think the football game in itself, it's a fashion show. You know, people aren't, you know, you might see, you know, t-shirts, but usually they're like coordinated t-shirts, um, you know, with, with your group or your crew or your Greek organization. Um, or there is something that, you know, is a, a graphic tee that has some hot saying, and I put, I still have on cute jeans or some heels, and, you know, it's a look. Um, and so I think that that's part of the experience, too. That is something that you'll also see commonly across the board, is that people come to out. Um, you know, hair, fashion, music. I mean, I think that, you know, especially in the 90s, which is a little bit before my time, but, you know, this is when they were putting HBC homecomings in rap songs, right? Um, and a lot of that's based around Howard. Their, their Yard Fest, at least in its former iteration, was legendary. You know, a lot of artists such as Notorious B.I.G., you know, really broke into fame there, and, and, you know, because it's such a place where, again, if you want a market full of Black people who have a little bit of discretionary income and who were into what's hot in pop culture go to an HBCU homecoming um and you just get such a large you know concentration of people who are are in that space it's just magic so for us outsiders who didn't have the privilege and honor of attending an HBCU are we typically welcomed on campus do you feel like that oh, wow. is really <laughs> this wild child um she just made herself welcome I went every or, or is it like you know what you didn't go here like respect from a distance let <laughs> us come together as a family absolutely not i would say that hbcus historically in general are, have always been welcoming spaces hbcus have always been diverse and really kind of inclusive before that was a buzzword um and so i think that we welcome outsiders because you know, especially if you have some shade of brown skin, it's like your family too. Come on. Um, and even if you don't, um, you know, if you're down for the cause, if you are there to have a good time and celebrate 
this university in this in this time of you know camaraderie welcome um you know now of course hbcus have their own unique kind of you know there's greek plots there's certain traditions you know there may be something you know that the freshman class i know at hampton you know people um there's jokes and some people appreciate it it depends um freshmen typically have a curfew um their first um few months of school and traditionally they get released from that curfew at homecoming if you're good you know (laughs) and so it's like you know it's a tradition and there are certain things that someone who didn't attend that university might feel left out of, but those are very small, you know, niches within the the, home, the whole week of homecoming. I think if you just want to come and have a good time and have some good food and hear good music and listen to the band and wear your, your fly is closed, it's open to anyone. Come one, come all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what are some traditions specifically at Hampton that are your favorite? Okay, well, like I said, I, the band for me, um, we always um, go see, you know, uh, us band alumni, we always go see what the current band is looking like, usually, a, you know, a night or two before um, some people actually march with the alumni band. I did that for a few years after I graduated and now I've kind of retired from that, but I support them. Um, and I actually am a dues paying member. So I pay my dues even though I don't actually march with them um, at homecoming um, the last several years. Um, Let's see. I mean, it's always nice to, you know, hear about the freshmen and, you know, are they getting off curfew? You know, sometimes that's a running discussion. But I think the biggest thing, and again, this is not unique to Hampton, is um, just really seeing people who just remind me of some of the best years of my life. Um, I think also we have an event called the Bazaar, which is a lot of schools have something similar. They may not call it that, but it's the Friday before the big game. And it's during the day, you know, lots of vendors. It's almost like a a block party or a street fest or something like that. And, you know, there's food, music, vendors, um, and it's a place to kind of really like, you know, just see who you haven't seen in years, buy some fly (laughs) t-shirts, things like that. Greeks get together, things like that. Um, the bazaar is is usually um, a, a really special experience as well. And one thing that has really become special to me in the last few years, um, we were just talking before we started the official conversation here about our children. Um, since I became a mom three years ago, we have a really unique group of women called the HU Mommies. Um, started by one of my former classmates, and it's literally it literally started as just a Facebook group for moms to just talk about stuff, you know, daycare recommendations, like what product do I use, et cetera, uh, pregnancy questions, all that stuff. Um, and at homecoming, we have an HU Mommy's tailgate. We rent our own space. We have drinks. There's a childcare area. Like, it's a whole, like, you know, utopia for mommies to come to homecoming. So moms that, you know, don't want to walk around with a stroller all day, but they still want to have a good time. We have a place for you. You know, you can still come and have a good drink and have some good conversation and have fun and listen to me. We usually set up next to one of the fraternities. So we're, 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 you know, we're chiming in on their DJs and their food and we have our own food and drink. And so that's been a cool experience the last few years that I think is unique to Hampton. Is there a unique food or can people expect to experience it all? I, th- I would definitely say that's probably per school um, because I think that I, I spent some time in Louisiana and I've been to a couple of Southern University homecomings. Food in South Louisiana is like no other. So right. I, that's definitely not the food I'm expecting to get in Hampton, Virginia, <laughs> or, or Atlanta, or Missouri, or Pennsylvania. You know, HBCs are in several different states. So um, I think that the food probably will vary for me at Hampton. The, the fried fish that you get at the at the bazaar is, is 
always, I don't know what seasoning they use, but I'm pretty sure they ordered straight from heaven. <laughs> and it's amazing. I love it. I love it. I feel like with, you know, with the homecoming, it really helps keeping even the alumni like connected. And I think that's been the biggest thing. Do you feel like it's a lot, like a lot of alumni go to y'all's homecoming? Yes. I know a lot of alumni don't go to ours. Yeah. Like, do you go to ours, Crystal? No, I haven't <laughs> been back. But there's this sense of community within the HBCUs mm-hmm. where it's like you you go back because you're a witcher. It's like a cookout, right? Yes. Like, yes. It, that's what it is. And I mean, that's a really good, succinct way to put it. HBCU homecoming is a huge cookout. Um, and, and you want to be there. Like FOMO is real. You don't want to miss out. Um, and usually the people who don't go, especially with social media, they see the pictures and the conversations after and they're like, oh man, I'm totally going next year. I'm so mad I missed this one. You know, and we hear that every single year. Um, and I would say even for myself, being that I've graduated from three universities and two of them are not HBCUs. I have not been to a homecoming for my other two. For your other ones, right? I have not. Like I literally... I think I may have thought about it once or twice, but I never actually made it happen versus my HBCU. I booked my hotel a year out. Like I am there. Like this year, I like, it's not happening because of all that's going on with the world with COVID and everything. I just for emotional reasons, I have not canceled my hotel. (laughs) Like it's real. Like you, you want to be there, you know, now, you know, life happens and we can't always go every year. Um, and I, when I say we, I mean anyone, um, you can't always go every year, but um, a lot of people are really faithful. And usually if you miss out, you feel like you missed out. Um, and I would say that's something that's probably unique to HBCUs. And it, it often, that feeling is not always um, su- surrounded around the sporting event. Um, usually when people feel like they missed out on homecoming, they're not usually saying, oh, I hate, I missed that game. They missed the cookout. Um, that's, that's the, like I said, that's the magic. I keep saying that because that's how it feels. Yeah. Because I went to, or Allie and I went to Southwestern university. Then Erica, you and I met at LSU. Yes. And I just don't think it's entrenched in the culture of PWI campuses. Mm -hmm. For example, if the black people that were in the the college that we were studying and said, you know what, this year we're going to get together and do something. I'm there because they made my experience at LSU. They brought that magic. We had our own kind of subculture where we would hang out and and possibly study together and all of that. So we had our own little mini community of black students. So Mm -hmm. I definitely not want to miss out on that. But I think you, I never felt ostracized or like I was an other on these campuses but I right. just never felt like this is home. Like, like it's, or it's family. Like, it's yeah. family, right? So I recently yeah. went back to LSU's campus in March. Okay. Uh, Dr. Broussard had me come speak to her class. Oh, wonderful. And it was so great. Yeah. I think the best part was seeing her again. Like, yes. I think it's just something about seeing people that look like you, yes. uh, who have walked in your shoes, uh, literally your shoes, either yes. they studied there or they taught yes. there. So when I gave her a hug, I was like, this is what LSU mm-hmm. means to me. Like if I had seen Dr. Sanders Agreed. or any of those other black professors that were there who did serve in one way or another, like a mother figure to yes. me, even if I didn't take their courses um, or a lot of their courses, just seeing another black person. A friendly, at a yes. If Dr. Broussard said, I'm hosting a get together for the black students, 
I'm booking a flight or yeah, I'm getting in the car. Absolutely. I'm on the, fir- the first plane. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but for LSU coming, I just never felt, and who knows, maybe it was because it was an advanced degree, but even for yeah. Southwestern University, I was like, yeah, I don't feel like this is a good <laughs> use of my time. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I've been to one with Southwest and it was because my black friends on campus were like, Hey, let's all meet up and let's go together as a unit. And it felt, it didn't feel like I was going to be an outsider. And I think that's the important thing about homecomings is that you go and you do, because I, I, like I was saying, I went to the one with TSU every year because my cousin during the time I was in college, she was in college there. So she would invite me to come to, to be in homecoming. And I didn't feel like an outsider. So it was just like, I'd go to all the parties. I got to watch the band and the game. Nobody was watching the game. We were all stunting right. in our outfits and we yes. waiting for the band. My friend played in the band, the ocean of soul, if you will. <laughs> and, and you know, and that, and you, you spend the whole weekend going to these little parties and stuff and even just riding around and kind of hanging. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it felt like a community. You don't feel like an outsider. And that experience I feel like is super important to, especially with undergrads because yes. I feel like, in undergrad, the biggest part of it, yes, the education, but that's finding yourself, yeah. you know, and it's finding exactly finding yourself. So, you know, I knew I learned about Hampton a little late because I watched the breakfast club and I know Envy went there. Yes. Yeah. And so he's always talking about it's the real HU or whatever. Cause I always just knew like the standard ones like Howard or whatever. Right. Standard. <laughs> well, I'm saying like the ones that, that everybody's always like, yes. there's Howard and Spellman and what, yeah. you know, um, but then Envy's always talking about Hampton. And so yes. I looked into it and I'm like, this is like, <laughs> I like Hampton, you know? <laughs> so, well, you should come uh, not this year because it's canceled, but uh, <laughs> I know I hate that. You have an open invitation go. for when outside opens back up. Please come to our home. Get there. We want to be there. Yes. Come <laughs> now your token black girl goes to Absolutely. HBCU. And it's funny. Coming. I think I told y'all this before. Like, Hampton is full of people who are, like, not your token black person. Like, and so it's full of people who don't fit the traditional, you know, stereotypical black experience. So I don't, yeah. I definitely don't think either of you, you know, have a problem fitting right in and feeling right at li- literally home. Um, and I used to go back and forth. I had a cousin who, she was a year behind me, but we were pretty much in college together. She was at Howard when I was at Hampton. So we would be up and down the road, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. so, and, you know, and two completely different experiences because the cultures of the universities, I mean, first of all, even where they're located, you got Washington, D.C., um, which, you know, at the time I was at college, was still kind of Chocolate City. And then Hampton, Virginia, which is a small, you know, suburban town where the university, you know, it pretty much is the town, um, you know, and then military, university and military kind of what make up that area. Um, yeah. And the university is very enclosed. Um, so it's a different culture in itself. And then the universities have their own, you know, unique capacities, but we had a good time either way is the point so um and a lot of times you know schools will, it, within the region will sometimes take buses to each other's events so you know th- there's definitely openness that you know that that feeling of belonging outside of you know if you if you go to a friend's you know family reunion you likely can find somebody to strike up a conversation with or if you play a card game or something like that or you end up following them on ig whatever it is like you likely can find some sort of connection yeah. It's the same thing. It's that larger, you know, kind of extended family. And I think just even, um, you were talking about Dr. Broussard at LSU, which is amazing. I think the other thing about HBCU homecomings is a lot of alumni 
go back and see some of those favorite professors or they go to a lot of, you know, I've been out a few too many years now and a lot of my favorite professors have either moved on or unfortunately they've passed on. But, you know, you go to those buildings, you go to that that iconic classroom that, you know, was so hard for you or that you spent all your time in. Or if you were in the choir, you might go to the choir practice room. We always have the band room, you know, things like that. You, you usually stop by. I have a picture from a couple of years ago. I was took a picture out in front of my freshman dorm. Um, you know, you do those visits because that that is also part of the, you know, that overall experience so that you know what you found at LSU and even just going back to speak to a class it's a similar type of engagement that you would have just kind of on a larger scale um yeah. at an HBCU homecoming but that feeling is is really um something that I think anyone can understand and relate to. So how did the relationship so homecoming lasts a week yeah. What happens the other 51 weeks of the year? How do you, how do grads and alums stay connected, stay networked, stay supporting each other and whatever their career or business ventures are? I think that social media has been a huge help for that because I would say probably most schools have some sort of social media network. And I think it honestly started before even uh, social media was really booming with email listservs and things like that. Um, so that's of course one way. Um, and th those, those groups tend to be broken up into, you know, kind of generations or professions moms, things like that. There's a Hampton has a, a PR and marketing group that I'm a part of. So this is literally people who went to Hampton who work in PR and marketing. Um, I would say most universities probably have a lot of niche groups like that. Um, and then of course your, your campus activities, the cheerleaders, the band, the, the Greeks, etc. Um, but also I think in a uh, in-person, you know, kind of offline capacity, universities have different levels of alumni affairs. We have a official, what we call an actual reunion weekend, which is actually graduation weekend. Um, and they bring back the classes, um, the five-year classes. Um, so like this year would have been the class of, you know, the youngest class would be what, 2015, the five-year class. So then the class of 2010, 05, all the way back to whenever. Um, and that the emeritus class is the 50-year class. So this would be Oh gosh, I'm not good at math, but 1970, is that right? Okay. <laughs> so, you know, the class of 1970 would be the emeritus class. And then of course, anyone who graduated prior to 1970, they're also emeritus class because, you know, once you get past 50, the, the sizes dwindle, um, but they get their big inauguration into the um, emeritus class and the, the classes, you know, um, that are celebrating on the fives get special recognition and that's our official rec uh, reunion weekend outside of homecoming we also have um what's called in some of the older alumni and when i say older which i'm kind of getting there but <laughs> people who have been out kind of 20 plus years i'd say um they have a for women a hampton ladies luncheon that typically happens around this time of year august ish and it's literally just a reason for hampton women to get together um that's another weekend again outside of homecoming. Um, and then there are other events that happen um, throughout the year. The last couple of years, we've been to um, the Honda Battle of the Bands. Um, and I know several schools, especially more of the uh, Southern schools with big popular bands have been several years in a row. And this sponsored obviously by Honda. It's a fundraiser. It's a big HBCU band exhibition. Um, the last couple of years, Hampton has made it a really big thing. Um, and we've gone in, in large numbers. Our section always sells out. <laughs> we tend 
section. Um, And so we've started calling it homecoming part two in January. And I really, especially the way that 2020 has gone, I'm so glad I was able to attend that in January of this year. And I mean, it's still a family event. It's in Atlanta. You know, the weather is not as nice. So, you know, the cookouts look a little different, Um, but, you know, more indoor activities, but it's still a gathering. You know, it's still that that homecoming feeling. So we have tons of ways. And that's just what I know about with Hampton. But I know that all schools have ways that alumni, you know, younger and less young, you know, um, stay connected. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you know, <laughs> you know, people get funny about that, that O word. Those millennials. <laughs> Especially since I'm like, you know, on that bumping that borderline, we're like, you know. <laughs> so you still in. You still young. Less season, a little bit more season. So anyway, but yeah, so I think that, you know, all APCs have ways. Um, But I do think, I I did want to say that the other thing that's really important about APC homecomings to HBCUs overall is this is a fundraiser. It's not a out and out fundraiser for that purpose, but the amount of money that's brought to a town, because mind you, people are renting out, you know, banquet halls for parties, clubs, Etc. Um, the, the, the amount of hotel bookings, um, and so the, the local economy gets boosted. But the, the university itself, you know, people are buying tickets to games. They're buying money from these vendors. The vendors have to pay for a spot um, on campus. Um, if people want to host things on campus, that you know, that costs money. Um, a lot of times there's um, some sort of competition, like which class can donate the most, or if there's a special project the university is working on, you know, let's all donate and have a big, you know, take a big picture or some big celebration inside the homecoming week. So um, I wanted to mention that as well, because so many HBCs are struggling. Um, And I think a friend of mine who runs the uh, HBC Digest uh, online publication, um, he mentioned that, I don't know if you all heard, um, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife donated a bunch of money to HBCUs. Yes, she did. Yeah, I see And, you know, and, and there was a few HBCUs that got direct donations. Um, and people were like, well, how come not my school, not my school? You know, and he made a good point that, like, there's no HBCU that can't use that money. Um, even, even a Morehouse was doing furloughs just a few months ago. You know, and so I think that it's important to remember that that homecomings are also fundraisers. And so to have an event that people want to come support, you're not thinking about it is, oh, I got to write this check. You know, I got to make this donation. You're coming to have a good time, but you are also supporting your institution. So, or if again, people who are not alum, we appreciate your support as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Donations. Yes. Yes. And you don't, and you don't feel like it's a donation. You're getting something for it. Yeah, you're getting an amazing experience, but you're also supporting the institution. Yeah, yeah. And I think something that also makes HBCU homecoming, because I I haven't been to um, homecomings per se, but I have been to Battle of the Bands. So my dad is from Florida. um, So Battle of the Band is big. FAMU versus... I think they're CC, Bethune Cookman. Yes, that's right. I was like, who's their rival? I totally yes. should know that. So <laughs> I grew up going to Battle of the Bands. Oh, and yeah. um, there's just something about it's black girl magic, but it's like black culture magic. You know, yeah. <laughs> black people are just innately fun and lively and welcoming and just down to earth. And whenever you bring hundreds, thousands of that type of 
person together, it just makes for a magical experience. Yes. I mean, we are a communal people. Absolutely. So, you know, and that, that is literally in our DNA. So it only makes sense that, you know, I mean, we, black people make funerals fun. So yeah, we do. So if we make that fun, think about an event that's supposed to be fun. Of course, it's 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 going to be epic. Yeah. And you know what, speaking of making funerals fun, um, the passing of John Lewis obviously yes. was not fun, right. but I was watching his service on MSNBC and I appreciated all of the black cultural context yes. they were reporting on because they kept saying um, in the black um, culture, it is traditional that it's not a sad time. It is a it's celebration a of a life. It is a home. Yes. Thing. So yes. I think that is so important, especially as our nation is in this kind of racial peril, peril, (laughs) civil war, if you will, that Black people, despite all of the foolishness and just wrongdoing that our um, race has had to deal with, not just here in America, but across the globe, we can always find a way to celebrate, which often involves what you're wearing, what you look like, what we eating, what's the music. So I just think that is so such a magical part of who we are. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes sense. And that goes right back to the founding of HBCUs. They were founded because we weren't allowed to go to the other mm-hmm. institutions. And yeah. we made we made not only the best of it, we made it something that's desirable. Right. Uh, we made it something that has lasted, you know, for hundreds of years. We made it something that people are flocking to go to. So, and especially in times like this, you know, there's, there've been boosts um, in HBCU enrollments kind of every time we have these, these social upheavals that when they become mainstream, I think black people have always been in a social upheaval, but yes. you know, the sixties, the, um, you know, that kind of different world era, like late eighties, early nineties. Now we see these boosts in HBCU enrollment, so they continue to be necessary spaces and, and, a, and a safe haven and a place where, again, people cannot feel like an outsider for once. Yeah. Um, they just continue to be necessary because they foster that, that special, again, communal DNA that we all have, you know, and, and whether you attended the HBC or not, that's why you go and you, feel, you fit right in because you're made of the same stuff. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So this year being COVID and the world is shut down, are there any virtual celebrations? How are you, how are you seeing the tradition being kept alive? We haven't heard yet, but um, we actually, in the fundraising space, I've seen talk about, you know, take that money you were going to spend on your hotel and donate it to the school. You know, let's still, you know, because a lot of schools, because of COVID, you know, enrollment has dropped and all kinds of stuff, you know, employees laid off, all kinds of things. So the money's needed you know, they're not getting that boost um, from homecoming, but just kind of on the fun side, I think that people are, I've seen a lot of um, throwback videos and pictures, you know, people going into kind of a reminiscent mode. I think people are planning super early for things next year. Some schools have, have, I don't know if anyone has announced, but some schools have tossed around the idea of a spring homecoming, a school that would typically have a fall football homecoming, have tossed around the idea of a spring, but you know, everything is tentative at this point. We don't know when it will be safe to have a large gathering, but um, that's been tossed around. And I think that the biggest sentiment that I've kind of seen in my circles is just, you know, assuming fall 21 will be safe, you know, it's just still going to be epic. Like, just go ahead and pack your bags now. 
you know, people are going to be like more than ready to go all the way in. And so, um, and I think like, you know, classes that, um, you know, are, were supposed to have reunions or Greeks or other groups that were supposed to have reunions this year, you know, they're like, okay, well, we have to put it off, but that means we just have even more time to plan something, you know, bigger and better. So I think that's, a, you know, there's, there's kind of a collective sadness um, that we won't have that, you know, camaraderie and even just when we are able to gather again what will that look like I mean when will we actually feel comfortable going around like hugging like 200 people in a day Girl, I, I don't know I, I that literally could be wow. like decades but the masks <laughs> will be lit yes Masking. oh oh, oh yeah Blamed out, Gucci out. Like they're already out of hand. Okay. Like, oh, like organizations, the band that's gonna have a custom one, and you know, probably like, and, and you know, HBCs like a lot of times we'll have like these class wars, so like the freshmen will have a color, and then the sophomore wow. will have the, you know, like it's gonna be yeah, epic. But like I said, like even the, the whole we will make again because that's how our people have done for hundreds of thousands of years. We will make the best of it, and we will have an amazing time but it might look different than what we're used to. Um, yeah. So like, I don't know if there will be concerts like we're used to. It might be a big virtual, you know, silent listening concert where people are socially distant. I don't know. Like I said, yeah. just, just the, the whole aspect of hugging people that you consider family. I don't know. It might be a... Hey. Like, like, I know. Like, yes, blow you a kiss. Well, I don't even know about the blowing because I don't know. Oh yeah, these blowing COVID. He's blowing these particles. Oh yeah. So, like I said, so there's a lot of uh, uh, unknowns. But whenever we are able to have some sort of collective experience again offline, um, just know it's gonna be epic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, it is always good having Dr. Sutherland. On Always fun show. to talk to y'all. Thank you so much for coming Thank back you. and hanging out with us. Of course, we'll be calling you to come back again. You're our resident no HBCU pro. So we got to call Dr. <laughs> Sutherland. I just speak from my heart, <laughs> but thank you. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for having me. the next time homecoming is allowed, we will be there. Yes, please invite us. I'd love to have you. <laughs> I'll tell you when to book your hotel because you got to do it early. I'll let you know. <laughs> We are there. This is Allie J. And I'm Crystal Lowe. And that's it for this week. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 12 p.m. Central for another episode of Not Your Token Black Girl. And also be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. And follow me at Basic Allie on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Crystal O. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Before you drive the all-new Nissan Rogue, you gotta ask yourself, how rogue are you gonna go? We talking be one with nature in the desert rogue? Go snowshoeing in Alaska rogue? Or take the long way home just because kind of rogue? Just a question, but with five available drive modes, you're sure to find the answer. Go rogue in the all-new, fiercely reimagined 2021 Nissan Rogue. Now with the most standard safety features in its class. 
See owner's manual for important safety information. Auto Pacific Segmentation 2021 Nissan Rogue versus latest in market competitors. Base models compared.